This is the Tom Bigby Tales podcast. I'm Shannon Evans, and I write about a small town in Northeast Mississippi called Columbus. Today, I'm here with another member of my Tom Bigby Tales team who uh, is going to sit here and we're just going to relax and we're going to do this the way we always do. We just kind of brainstorm and we talk about the things that uh, make us go, huh, and try and figure out what the heck is going on and why and how we can make it better here. Um, We are both fifth generation native Mississippians. Uh, Our family has been here forever. Her family has been here forever. And so we are really concerned and we really care about this town. So today uh, I have a couple of things I'd like to bring up. And and as you notice, um, my other team member uh, has a bit of an accent. So she doesn't exactly say y'all a lot. So Hey, partner, how you doing? Not bad. Yourself? I'm well, thanks. So one of the things I want to talk about is, because I just find it so funny, is the fact that the CVB has owned not one, but two double-decker buses that have come from the UK. They've come from London. Um, and, and I know that's a London thing, so I find it all very amusing. What's your take on that? Well... I mean, I'm used to seeing them. I've seen them all my life and growing up in Britain and in other countries, but I haven't seen any in the US, although apparently there's some on the West Coast and New York City, but I didn't think it was a Mississippi thing. And I just find it a bit strange. And I pity the poor drivers that have to drive them because they're not used to driving um, right-hand drive vehicles. I hope they're not stiff as well. Well, the interesting thing to me is that, I mean, the new one cost them $45,000 or almost $50,000 by the time they had the paint, you know, the custom paint that says Visit Columbus on it. And, um, you know, we right now, since we don't have any uh, real tourism that's coming to town, I'm not sure when and where they plan to use this bus. Uh, I know it's been rented out for a couple of weddings recently, which I think is fine and, and, and a good way to use it. But because they do need running, Um, the previous one uh, stayed in the shop all the time. I think they've now sold it. I'm not certain. Uh, Last I saw it was sitting in a yard over near the sheriff's department, uh, unprotected from the elements. So the new one, I I hope they have a better place for it and it's better cared for. And uh, I hope they have a plan in place. I didn't see anything in the budget to anticipate repairs, care, and feeding of a double-decker. Right, because, yeah, I mean, going by the price that you just quoted, that's a second-hand bus, so it'll rust very easily in the humidity in Mississippi, and maybe that's one of the issues with the previous bus, and it does need to be better protected. It's not really the best state or best place for a double-decker bus that's been imported from Britain. Yeah, I, I, I kind of giggle because I'm thinking, do you know, Can one, I don't know of any places around here that can really <clears throat> handle the, any repairs except for maybe the truck and tractor place, Waters Truck and Tractor locally. <clears throat> but <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Joe Bubba working on it going, well, I ain't never seen an engine like this before. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> somehow it just doesn't, I don't know, just the, the whole image of it just is just hilarious yeah 
I, I just find it a bit strange. It's culturally inappropriate, I think, actually. I I agree. I do I I do think that's true. Uh, is that is that cultural appropriation? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You're I don't know. You're Scottish. You tell me. <laughs> well, maybe it's culturally appropriated from the West Coast. But perhaps, I, perhaps doesn't really line up with politics either, does it? Let's no, face not, it. not not really. <laughs> what what I think is funny is there's a there's a an article in the newspaper, and then there is the from the previous bus, and that uh, that the current CVB director Nancy Carpenter was accused of using the bus to go along and trim the crepe myrtles that overhang the road in front of her house. And she said that was so that the bus could get down the road. I'm not sure why that poor guy was standing in the, in the bus doing the hedge trimming, but, but apparently. Wow. Apparently. Wow. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, so, so apparently what's the funniest thing is, was that, the driver was in the bus, of course, waiting and, and slowly, you know, moving the bus along so they can trim the the overhanging crepe myrtles. And <laughs> and apparently somebody must have come down the road that they didn't want seeing them trimming the bushes in front of her house from the top of the double decker. So they took off with the poor yard man on top, hanging on for dear life, falling backwards, hanging on to loppers. <laughs> And just, just the image of that, even if it's, I mean, there's probably some truth in the middle somewhere, but I mean, it yeah. was enough of it that it was covered by, by the, the local newspaper and that people question the ethics of that. It just leads to just, I mean, just the image of that is just hilarious. That's just, oh, um, yeah, yeah, she should have. She should have paid for somebody to bring their own vehicle and do all this and pay for pay for the hire or a cherry picker or whatever. That's just it's, uh, just it's just the silliness and the hubris of it that is just amusing to me. I mean, this is what I got why I got interested in the whole thing in the first place is I can't stand people lying, I can't stand people deceiving people, and I can't stand misappropriation of funding. And um I'm seeing all of that here and that's why I started digging. Well, tell me, tell me some of the things you found recently that have really piqued your interest, and and some things that you think we should make sure we dig into more, and in in our exploratory of this topic. Well, there's lots, too much. There's too many things to mention, um, really, of all the things that I've noticed. But I'll perhaps give give you a couple of bullet points. Um, I mean, I'm interested in the accounting records and budget spreadsheet for 2018 and 19 because I want to know where $700,000 of cash um, disappeared to, in addition to all the additional loans that were apparently taken out. Um, yeah, again, transparency. Um, I would also want, I kind of want to know why the board never insisted all these years on on actually seeing the bank transactions um but it sounds like people just thought it was okay i don't know um, well the 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 board's lawyer at the time for some reason he was always protecting nancy the previous board attorney was a guy named chris hemphill and then there was also uh, another attorney on the board 
um, who was named uh, DeWitt Hicks. Now, DeWitt has now passed. Chris Hemphill is still an attorney in town. And they told the when the board members asked to see ledgers and uh, contracts and things like that, they were told they weren't allowed to see it. They were just supposed to rubber stamp whatever herself wanted to buy uh, in the, the CVB. Um, I'd have huge issues with that, one. And two, Chris Hempel um, resigned about less than a year after he was appointed. So I'm wondering why he resigned. Um, in fact, yeah, <laughs> I think that's quite interesting that it, he was in place for less than a year. Um, yes, and it, and I, I have a feeling it has something to do with the either the monies that were going back and forth between the the visitors bureau and the foundation or or maybe it's an and or um more of an and is the purchase of the elks club and the money and the banking that went on with that because that's still very questionable we've yeah, not extremely. we've not resolved all that and, and that may be you know it, well what confuses me is in the paper nancy says she paid cash for that building of course she paid an exorbitant amount for it uh but then it's it's tied up well the elks club not not muscle white is tied up in another loan immediately so uh, did they pay cash for that building and then leverage that in a mortgage in a new mortgage with the with the condo building it's well, just a squirrely it, none of it makes sense it's not written clearly and then at some point i mean <laughs> Why would you pay six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred fifty thousand dollars for a building that's only worth maybe? Well, right now it's only assessed at a value of one hundred and forty thousand. I mean, and it was less than a hundred thousand when it was actually purchased for the six fifty, and that's actually one of my questions. Um, yeah, so tell me more I, about that. Talk, speak to that more. What are your questions? Well, the fact that somebody was paid six hundred and fifty. 100,000 for a building that was worth less than 100,000. The numbers don't add up. I want to know why. Maybe there's valid reasons for it. Um, but we should know the reasons, not, not just everybody just accepts that as normal behavior because that's not normal behavior. Well, the same thing happened over when they bought the condo. They exactly. bought a, a $400,000 property for $750,000. It, it it doesn't um, end up. And in and in other countries, they don't agree to mortgage terms and conditions on removable furniture and furnishings and paintwork. And Normally here they don't either. So that's bizarre. I find that bizarre that the bank loan was agreed with those with those items included. I mean, you um, might get build-ins, built-ins, you know, because you can get your cabinetry and stuff included in your mortgage, in a building mortgage. But we don't even know if it was a builder's mortgage. We don't know. There's no transparency, so we don't even know what the agreement was. And the board doesn't at this point because, it, well, it's a it's a new board for the most part. There are a couple of carryovers. And it's interesting, the carryovers that are still on the board are the ones that gave her hell back then and asked for transparency. I find that. <laughs> I love that. I think that's brilliant. But um, hopefully but it changes things going forward. Now I, I think, it, I, I mean, more and more members are demanding transparency and and her going over the budget this year and calling that normal. She went over what she went over by over $60,000 in the, in the hole. 
And it seems to be it seems to be there's a habit of that. I know that over at the foundation, they've they've operated um in the red over and over and over, I think just about every year. And and so I question the her management of money and her management of contracts. Um, that she doesn't know how much money she has that she can spend. She just spends and spends and spends. And so the same thing applies to that building. You know, I mean, what was it with the uh, audiovisual? Do you remember how much that that whole package was when they built that? I don't recall reading about that. I just recall reading, um, but I don't think it can be verified, but I just recall reading in a blog that an extra 20000 dollars worth of AV equipment were installed less than a year after they moved into the building. And yet the building had supposedly all this state of the art furnishings, AV, etc. Yeah, that was like $250,000 in state of the art that isn't working. In 2011. And then a year, less than a year later, they approved a budget line of 20 grand for um, for an upgrade less than a year later. And now, as you're pointing out, it's not working. So I have well, questions. I wonder if it's that. not working or if she just has it turned off because, you know, they, they have somebody on retainer to to maintain that, that stuff. I mean, they've got two flat screen TVs. Okay, maybe maybe the 2011 audio visual, the audio doesn't necessarily um compute to the and and translate over into the new tv systems they're just vizios i think they're just flat screens you pick them up at walmart for 100 bucks each but what that's fair enough because i mean that was back in 2011 yeah but but, all you got to do is buy some 99 dollar uh you know you can go that was part of the loan (laughs) yeah yeah, you could you can go buy inexpensive standalones that are very sturdy i mean i use one all the time that they could be using to um to, to for everybody there. I, I think it's a case of because I go back to so here's another story. Okay, story time. So yep. there was a person who sat on the board that Nancy uh had a disagreement with and she had um removed from the board. His name was Harvey Myrick. And Harvey, she challenged she didn't like Harvey because he was asking for transparency. So she I don't know if he was either removed or he just, when his term ended, he wasn't renewed. And, and it doesn't matter because she didn't want him there. So the very next board meeting, he came and he he went and sat in the boardroom in a chair up along the wall, not at the table, but along the wall. It's an open meeting. We're in a, we're a sunshine state. So you're supposed to have open access. Well, the, she didn't like him there. So the next meeting, when he came in, there were no extra chairs or, in the room. So he went in like the kitchen area or someplace. I don't know where he went. He went somewhere and he drug up a chair from another office and came and sat in the boardroom. Well, she didn't like that either. So the next month, there were all the offices and everything else was locked up. So he couldn't get a chair. So he drug up, a, he drug up one of the wingback chairs, the armchairs from the foyer into the room and sat Whoa. down. And she she was not happy, but you know it, it's supposed to be an open meeting, and she she doesn't like it. That, I, I mean, just had a problem I, with him, uh, as in she felt if she had thought that he was harassing her personally, 
she should have called the cops, but she didn't. So, well, because she could, she's, a pub, was... she's a public figure. He wasn't threatening, yeah. and it's an open meeting, and we're a sunshine state. He wasn't doing anything wrong. She just didn't like it that he was there. And that so she dealt with it in a very passive aggressive way. I mean, that's quite just it's quite disturbing. Well, that's quite that, about her. That's Sorry. aggressive seems to be her forte. <laughs> but so, but one of oh, just yeah, the whole thing about the pub, the so-called public meetings, which are not public at all, um, really needs to be challenged um by someone um at the next board meeting, even because that's just terrible. Um, you should be able to hear what's going on um, or they they sh- they need to sort out the audio or they need to allow people into the room. And but, uh, um, you know, transparency is not, again, not her thing to do. So. Um, yeah, because that's another question I have is why is there a lot? Why did they manage to get a loan taken out on the, the welcome center? I thought I- that was a gift. I do not understand how they took out a loan that is far greater than, I mean, well, okay. So two things happened. This is what I do know. They wanted to take out the loan for the full 750 and they couldn't get it because the appraisal wasn't, well, the appraisal wasn't equal to the, uh, to what they were, uh, what they were expected to pay, what they were, were had agreed to pay to, um, Castle Condominiums. Notice Castle Condominiums. Whose name is that? Mark yeah. Castleberry is the owner, of which she's now told the board she didn't know that at the time, which is a bald-faced lie. It's right on the is is right on the contract where they where they made the purchase. It's also on the name that's listed with the um at the courthouse. Uh, and he's one of the sign he's the main signatory in addition to Ronnie West, who's the uh condo's agent of record. Anyways, so the next piece of that is um, she then, um, they 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 couldn't get that loan. So DeWitt Hicks allegedly told them, and this should be in the record, I'm guessing, um, in the minutes. He said that he would get another appraiser. Well, this was before Mississippi changed their appraisal uh, methodologies. So you, back then, you could go get another appraiser. And so he went and got an appraiser who was more friendly to their, quote, needs. And so he got the money he that they got the money they wanted because they got the appraisal they wanted, mm-hmm. which valued it at $750,000. So what's your thought on that? Well, I, to me, that's just corruption at its finest. Um, as an outsider looking in on that sort of thing, it's, you know, to me, reading the first time I read it, my jaw dropped. And I was just like, this is complete and total corruption, misuse of finances. I believe that the um, attorneys at a law firm had to repay their fee. And I think that was tied up with this loan as well, because uh, one of the attorneys at that law firm was serving on the board. I mean, there's one word to sum up it, sum it up, incestuous. Yeah, it's a bit of nepotism going on there, isn't it? I'd really like to know, though, why the Tennessee Welcome Center has got a loan on it currently. It's a 40000 plus loan. It's not clear to me unless they took a loan. Did they take a loan on it to, to do renovations and repairs? 
I don't know. I think that's a good one to explore next. I, I think that's something we should. Yeah, I have big questions about that because, I mean, that place was gifted to MDOT. And if it's got a loan taken out on it and they fail to pay that loan, who gets possession of that? MDOT. Um, building. MDOT. It, it, goes, it automatically goes back to MDOT if we ever go in default or abandonment. Right. So so then the bank would have to get their money back from MDOT rather than CCHF or the CCBB. Well, what's uh, interesting... Another question, talking of CCHF, is there is an employee there. They have employed somebody at the moment. Um, I think that's Nancy, but I don't know because she was so so she was she was an employee. She was doubly employed. And then they said she couldn't do that anymore. Correct. I I noticed that on the new budget, there's a budget line for what thirty one thousand dollars for an employee. No, it's three thousand dollars in payroll taxes, and it has been paid in twenty twenty three. And there's a projected um, figure for the payroll tax, which again is approximately three thousand um, dollars. And there's a salary. I'm, there's a salary line in there too that I thought I saw for thirty one plus retirement bennies being paid, like into a private retirement account that had, of course, it'd have to have matching funds, but there was still, uh, there was still a retirement um, annu annuity marked in there. Right. Can't recall seeing that. It was just more the payroll taxes that I noticed. Um, which would probably equate to somebody being paid over 10K per annum. But also, where's the health insurance, visual vision insurance, any of those sorts of benefits that would come with employing someone? Well, I assumed if they're if it's if it's considered part-time, they wouldn't have to provide those. Or if the person was already insured over at the Visitors Bureau, <laughs> well, they wouldn't require was, additional health care. I thought she wasn't allowed to be employed by CCHF. And I did too. Agreed but, to be a volunteer. Uh, that's what I understood, but uh, it remains to be seen. I mean, that was what the that's what the board's ruling was from the CVB. So, so again, it's something that I'm asking questions about. Again, there could be a logical explanation for all this and maybe they've changed their minds and they are paying her, but it would be nice to see that out in I, public well, see, I, I go back to the ethics decision. I mean, that yeah. whole ethics decision was pretty clear. It's, it, it's, I mean, besides the board calling it double dipping, which they did, but it's the idea that there can be some crossover. For instance, the the foundation, to my knowledge, I mean, there's a volunteer office, but there's no office for a full-time person. Right. Um, the the <clears throat> that building, um, like, I, there's no. I mean, there's very little office equipment or stuff to support the office. So. Are they double dipping and going back and forth and they're using the equipment over at the CVB? That adds wear and tear. And 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 it, they were told distinctly that it was unethical for them to remain in operation crossing over. So there's to me, there's some additional ethical questions, but there's also financial questions. So uh, where if 
if the director is working, if the CVB's director, Nancy Carpenter, is working for the foundation, where does she plan her bum when she does the work? Is she over there and kicking the uh, the volunteers out? Is she using the CVB's office and telephones and letterhead and, you know, all that? What, there's just, well, so, yeah. there's so much that's just intertwined. Again, it's an incestuous relationship. You are absolutely, I mean, now we're going from, from the macro level to the micro level and, and, and that costs money. So uh, yeah. either the C, either the foundation has a budget and they stick to it or they don't. Yeah. So yeah, there's, it's, it's all too fuzzy. To me, it's not transparent enough and needs to be either come incredibly transparent or we just have to assume that people are hiding things. Well, as people in, our, in the family say, the math ain't mathing. Correct. Correct. Oh, um, talking of that, I've just remembered. Um, what about the missing checks? I don't know. All I know is they, they blamed it on if uh, they were stolen. That was and apparently it was a couple of years ago. So I'm not sure why she brought it up in that in that um in that meeting, in her yearly review, if it, it, it sounds like it happened like three years ago. So I, I, I didn't understand. I mean, of course, she brought up being a twirler at Mississippi State in that meeting, too. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, right. I, I, I just think it was more obfuscation. I think she was just saying, well, they were they were asking uncomfortable questions about money. And I think she was trying to infer that it could go back all the way to those missing checks. But but <laughs> that's not how that works. No, and they should have been reported and they should have been traced and there should have been a block put on them and all those things. And, I and bet they you were. That's happened. No and, place and they report. were. So to me, that's case closed. That's that's a, I mean, that that's a, there, there was nothing there for her to, to like make the link. It, it, to me, it was just a case of her trying to obfuscate and trying to cast doubt and say, oh, well, I, I don't know why, where that, you know, why why you can't find anything. Maybe it's like the missing checks. They just disappeared. You know, Bizarre. total hogwash. But one thing I've noticed is, and you see it in the press and you see it in, in action, is when a question is about, is about transparency and it's uncomfortable, <clears throat> she diverts or she out and out lies, which is very disturbing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 really a a hinky thing to do, but we're you know we're never without ethical issues apparently. Um, did you know at one point oh. that yeah. this this will make you giggle? At one point, um, she had a car that was provided by the by the CVB for her to use for for business. Um, right. Her husband at the time was still alive, and apparently he had you know, some significant vision issues and was legally blind. Anyways, the paper rep reports that they took her car away um, because, well, she had her husband on the car insurance and had him on the payroll as her driver. What? The payroll? She had Maybe that's the explanation for the CCHF payroll taxes. Maybe he's still on payroll. <laughs> Well, the man's been deceased for a couple of years now. Well, that would, would be, be her daughter. She had her, she's put her daughter on payroll uh, off and on for various events. 
and uh and she took the the daughter apparently i mean and and i don't have any actual uh verification of this i mean i've seen the fact that she was on the payroll but i don't know about her leaving her taking off from her job but she apparently she took some days off work to work an event for her mother and um and she was on payroll and again if she's if she was the best person for the job and it was advertised and all the interviews and all the rest of it and it was all above board that way then fair enough but she took time off her work uh during a school year yeah um you can't really take time off work for other things during a school year maybe you can you can take i mean you can take leave but you know, it was, it's just the fact that the nepotism of putting your, your own daughter on the payroll for an event when you could go, you, when you could advertise, there's plenty of people who need that, you know, could make, I, they weren't even given the opportunity that it's the no, lack, that, of, it, it's the, the lack problem. of ability of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, like I get, like say, if she was the best person to do that particular job and it had been independently ascertained during an interview process, application and interview process, then fair enough. But Correct. And the, and this daughter is allegedly on record in the court system as saying she couldn't serve her, her, her duty uh, on a jury pool. Um, and when asked why, she didn't say, oh, I'm a classroom teacher and I need to be in my classroom. And that it would have which to be a valid reason. Pay, which would be a valid reason, I, I think. It might not have yeah. gotten off, but it would have been a valid reason. They would have taken it into consideration. But instead, she said that um, she needed to be at the CVB and cover for her mother because no one else could do it. Well, she's not an employee of the CVB. And there are two um, employees who can who can keep running the office if that's bizarre. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just the hubris of it and it, that it just keeps going, you know, I mean, I don't like to bring in family members, but she has created this situation where her family members are now open to scrutiny. And that's that's not OK mm-hmm. either. I mean, no. as no. a mother, mm-hmm. I'm going, what in the heck? As a citizen, I'm going, holy cow, what in the heck? It's just, it's, it's just the bizarreness yeah, it's of the it. Deceit. It's the deceit that's running through all this and the lies. Correct. I I agree on that. I can't stand. And the misrepresentation um, makes me wonder if she's re- misrepresented her qualifications way back in the first place. Is really? she even qualified to do the job? That's a good point. Uh, that That remains, I mean, she sits on every board I can think of, but a lot we know that she's bought her way on at least one board what's to say she hadn't bought her way on some others oh well there's membership fees not just for the mississippi hills national area board but there's a mem- there's membership fees for i think two other boards in that list well it's it's not disclosed is it none of it was disclosed if quinn hadn't pushed mm. um, he wouldn't have found out that she paid she paid a pre- she paid to have a premium membership with the Mississippi Heritage Hills so she could buy she essentially bought her seat on the board. And she's bought her seat on a couple more boards because they're definitely they're well, she she didn't do it. See the um it's on the budget spreadsheet membership fees. One of them's for um oh uh M 
Is it MSDAH? DOM. Uh, and it's an organization that was. Um, uh, what's it called? What's uh, MSDOM. I think it's 4000. I think DOM or DOT? Uh, no, not DOT, DOM. Um, I wonder what the M is. It's, anyway, it's an organization that's been set up by um, that. Oh, she's head of CCBB, sorry, not CCBB, the Har the Hattiesburg Convention Bureau. Oh, there's the last name is. Well, she's she set up a new organization and I tried to find out a bit more about it, but I couldn't find it listed in it and it didn't have any 990s, didn't have any nonprofit things. Could you see where that organization was organized? Well, I think it's a organization that's doubling up with another organization to do with terrorism and i don't see the point in it actually existing ah another membership i'll send you details about it so you can i can further more we we need i think there's another source of digging it's a bit difficult sometimes to do research from overseas because sometimes um, you're not allowed onto websites like Mississippi Secretary of State. You're not allowed. You're not authorized to have access to this website. And it's all because I'm overseas. OK, so, well, that's, you know, no harm, no foul. I'll look that up. But sometimes that's... sometimes you're allowed in and sometimes you're not. It depends whether it recognizes well, you know, you, not. you know, in Scotland, you're such, you know, scurrilous people. We have to keep an eye on you. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, 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 in what do you, where do you think we should dig into next? The Tennessee Williams house and the loans. I'm interested in what those loans are for and why it was necessary to take that loan out and then the fact that apparently from what you were saying and I'm assuming you've got some hard you've got it in writing that she tried to give away the Tennessee Williams building oh it's in minutes it's in minutes wow yes. but not only that the fact that she was giving it away she was going to try and give it back to M dot who gifted yeah, no, it she was, she was mad because so it had a loan happened? on it it had a loan on it I know. Maybe Why she thought it would just go away. Good. So, that's not good. well, no one says she's a good manager. Well, no. <laughs> so here's what happened. So the they the Tennessee Williams they'd gotten the the ethics ruling that said they needed to no longer have anything to do. Like they were the same board. They would literally go, okay, today we're the mm-hmm. CBB board, and at ten o'clock we'll turn we'll turn off the CVB discussion and we'll put on our foundation hats and so the same board was both well that was fine in the foundation's infancy and but after you know after a few years and it got under its feet some 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 new members of the of the board started questioning the ethics of what they were doing because they'd already cut her funding for being over there she was she was considered double dipping so now she they said, we're going to appoint another board and we're going to go to the state and we're going to ask for an ethics ruling. So the attorney, so they immediately appointed a new board of which now there's only three people, but, and there's two chairs open. So we'll see what happens there, who joins that. Mm. But, um, but then, so they had, um, 
Um, so then Nancy wasn't happy with the fact that she was told that she couldn't go over there. She couldn't be part of their meetings. She needed to let it be completely isolated and on its own. And she wasn't happy because the, and a little of it is within good right. If the CVB is the one that gives the money for the budget over the Tennessee Williams, then yeah. there, there's, there has to be some sort of connection where the two talk to each other about expectations and all that. And so while that yeah. was in limbo, they said, okay, you can go over there, but we're not going to pay you to do that. Well, she got, she was mad about that. And, and Joe Beckett asked her, you know, he was like, this is, you know, you being part of that is totally unethical. And that was when she said that he was trying to get rid of her, which was not the truth at all. He was, he was just asking difficult questions and, and explaining that, um, you know, you can't do that. So, so then the next thing that happens is she comes back to the meeting and she says, well, if we don't have any oversight, let's just give the building back to MDOT. I've already had conversations with the people at MDOT to <gasps> tell them that we're open to giving the building back to them and they're eager to have it. And she wasn't board, authorized to do that. No, she was not. And that was exactly what the board challenged her on. And so she got angrier. And so that was when she said, and, and Joe was like, you can't do that because now this people in the community are going to be furious that you gave away something that we've put so much time and effort into. And that's kind of the iconic building when you drive into town. It's the first building you see that's a, yeah. an older, you know, an antebellum or Victorian era building. And it's a very, you know, it, it's clearly a welcome center. It's got a nice green space. And and uh, so <laughs> so she decided that he was trying to get rid of her because he didn't agree with her. And he's, you know, he, he was just like, you're not giving that building away. And of course, the board said, no, you're not giving that building away and you're not authorized. Mm -hmm. And who said you could even have those conversations? Well, she got pissed off because somebody was putting the brakes on her and holding her accountable. And wow. Yeah. And so that was and that was the end of the giving the Tennessee Williams away. But it was just the, again, it was the hubris of no accountability. And she was just going to do it because she's kind of spiteful. I'm getting that impression. Absolutely. Well, the other thing that I uh, that I'm digging into more um, is, you know, and I'm, I know you've seen this. Tennessee Williams is is a kind of could be a huge draw. It used to be a, hu a huge draw when it first started. The Tennessee Williams tribute would bring in people from New York City and, you know, Chicago and places yeah. like that to wow. come to the play and to take part in the celebrations and see where he was born. And, and, you know, there's quite a following of people who are scholars and aficionados and people who appreciate Tennessee Williams. Yeah. So, you know, most of the money ends up going to New Orleans because there's a huge event down there. Well, we had, of course, that, that birthday celebration. So people came. Well, it's still a big draw or could be. However, the person who was part of the founding members who created this um, wanted uh, wanted to hold Nancy accountable for the marketing that she promised you know, because she's good about promising yeah. impact marketing, but she doesn't deliver. And so yeah. to this day, nothing goes. I mean, if I hadn't raised a stink, it never would have been on the website. It still didn't work. It still went to nowhere. Broken links right and left. 
And then there's nothing on the Facebook page. And while we're on the subject, there's not been anything on the Facebook page since June 29th. I mean, today's, you know, there's Burns Bottom celebration. Granted, it's not a CVB celebration, but it could bring tourist dollars to town. What, you know, anything that that's not her idea gets absolutely no time, none. And even the ones that are her idea are done last minute and pardon me, half-assed. Yeah, because to me, I, I thought a convention, a visitor's bureau would be advertising, would actually advertise on their websites the other what's going, you know, the other the events community that happen things. in town. Yeah. Um, maybe not actually spending money on, but putting stuff on their, their website and their Facebook page doesn't cost that much. And um, It doesn't cost anything to put anything on the Facebook page. You just um it. A passive advertising to to get people to come into Columbus, but she doesn't even do that, and or she doesn't even delegate that task to someone else. I mean, that would be a star if she delegated. You know, if she's got personal issues happening for whatever reason, she could delegate that task to a part time employee and maybe give them some extra hours. You would think. Um, I would like. I would think that if we spent you know, over $220,000 on marketing and advertising that there would be a, at least a Facebook agreement in there somewhere that they had to put, you know, because I mean, I work for a nonprofit and we put up, I think, I think our, our Facebook uh, person puts up the agreement is four, uh, four posts a week that are just, you know, basic information about what we do, supporting, supporting other organizations and then anytime there's something else, then they write, they, they put those posts up. And so we end up having, I don't know, six or seven posts a week. And we're not even spending $200 a month. Exactly. So it, it's and not I've seen those posts. It's not <laughs> expensive. Or goodness gracious, go get you an intern in marketing at either Mississippi State or MUW. True. Give them I mean, good, they, they good don't even experience. have to come in the building. All you do is they go share this off of off of someone. You know, this is going on. Go look at Main Street's. Go share their material so that we show goodwill to Main Street. But she's not going to do that because she's in an adversarial role for some reason with Main Street. Which is bizarre because, I mean, the mission of the CCBB, in my opinion, is to attract visitors to Columbus. Correct. It's, too, um, it's not to criticize other people and be resentful of other people for getting more than your organization gets and all that stuff. Um, if you're, if you, well, Main Street operates on a, Main Street operates on a far smaller budget. I mean, significantly smaller. And I look at the things they accomplish just in their pro promotional and the management of their advertising and their social media. And I'm just going, wow, why are we paying millions of dollars a year to the CVB and they haven't hosted a single convention. And I've been, I guess in the last three years, I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no ROI. I don't know where the, where the return on the investment is. And there's certainly no marketing going on. All I see are these is everywhere. I turn more adversarial relationships. Yeah. It, it's not putting Columbus first. That's for sure. Um, no. That this organization doesn't appear to be putting Columbus first. And 
some of the beneficiaries of the grants are not putting Columbus first. They're putting themselves first and they're getting resentful of other people um, who have nonprofit organizations and are also getting grants. And that's ridiculous. I mean, their whole aim should be getting Columbus on the map. And they're not going to do that if they're going to fight amongst each other and be resentful. Correct. And and some of the stuff, you know, it's like, oh, so one of the things she did, our poor arts council, I mean, it never has enough funding anyways, bless their hearts. They try so hard and, and it's, it's takes up this big corner. It's, it's there again, a very visible attract should be an attractive place to, to bring in visitors and people come from out of town to see some of the, some of the art. Well, because the facility is so underfunded um, and it, it's it's becoming more and more difficult for the director there to continue to, you know, support their mission in the way he would like to see it supported. And so um, they had this event. I can't remember what it was called. It was like, um, I don't know, Tours and Legends or something like that. And so it was always their event that they put on and they put it on supported somewhat by this, by the CVB. Right. Good. In an article I read, she just went and trademarked. She got a Mississippi trademark on their events name, meaning they now had to come to her for permission to use that trademark name to run that event that they used as a fundraiser every year. Yeah. I read about that. that. That's really bizarre. Again, to me, that's passive aggressive. Well, she did the same with other things. Some some local business people wanted to have to run a, a festival that was called Taste of Columbus because they had Best of Burgers or something like that through Main Street. And they said, oh, well, let's broaden it so there's more than burgers because, you know, we're not known for yeah. burgers here. We're known for uh, catfish and shrimp and grits sure. and barbecue, yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So they said, well, let's call it Taste of Columbus. Well, they went to use it. She'd already she'd already um, trademarked the name. Told them they couldn't use it. Now I don't know what wow. became of that. If they, but I mean, why why would you get? Why would you care? Why would you do that? That's it's just very 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 strange. And very then strange. if you had it, why would you ever care if the other group used it? If it was for the, to bring people to Columbus and it and it attracted tourism, don't you think you'd support it? Yeah, because that would be fulfilling the primary mission statement of several organizations in Columbus. And should certainly not exclude the CVB. <laughs> no kidding. It, it, it's all just, it, it, it's, it's, it all circles back to the same thing. And that's the director. And for some reason, they must not like their job. I don't know why they keep re- I don't know why they keep reapplying for it every year, but you know, <laughs> the, and they seem to have this presumption that she's going to, she has a presumption that she's going to get it every year and she's entitled to it. It used to be a three-year contract. Now it's was last year. It was a one year. And this year the board is so annoyed. It's six months and, and she's done. So we only have six more months of this, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't trust her. I think she reapplies for the job each time because it's a cash cow. I think she, well, she doesn't reapply. She assume there's an assumption she'll get it. And there's no, it's never open. It's never opened up for, um, for for application to anyone else. So we don't know if anyone else could do a better job. Or there's it, well, there's no, there's 
it's just they look at her whether she should be retained or not. And she, before she's gotten a rubber stamp, and this year she didn't. Yeah. And just... The compromise was six months and she's done. So where does she go next? I say we have to watch the foundation. And I think she'll spend the next six months siphoning off as much money as she can to feed over into the foundation because the CVB funds the foundation. And by doing that, if she, if she goes over to the foundation as a full-time employee, she's got to be funded and she's not going to go without, you know, a sweet deal. I mean, she's making 100, 110. Well, this year she'll get 55 because she's only working six months, but she still gets a thousand dollars a month for her vehicle. Well, I just, I don't know. I, I certainly think it was a good idea that the six months isn't renewed and then they need to find someone else who has new ideas, new input, you know, a new generation. Well, the, the my, my biggest concern is right now uh, they have a really good treasurer. He's very solid. He's a businessman. He's an, he's well-versed in how a business is run. And they've put some significant checks and balances that she can no longer make any contracts without him being involved or some or board approval. She can't write shit. All the checks are supposed to be written and approved by two people now. Uh, she has a credit card. I sure hope they put a stop to that or she has to have permission before she puts a thing on it, as well as the debit card. Um, did you know they weren't? She says they don't have online access to their account. Can you believe that? In 2023. Um, I mean. I think she just didn't sign up for it or she's trying not to keep him from looking. Oh, yeah. She's completely blocking his access, deliberately blocking yeah. his access. There's no so, way. I mean, you can't turn around and say that um, other countries are miles ahead with their online banking. On, I, I um, bank at that bank. They, I bank at that bank. They have online checking. And it's just I don't think she's signed up for it. Or she doesn't want to give him the access because I see a lot of uh, debit purchases that that are not necessarily all on the uh, on on the check ledger. Wow! And there's no credit card. Uh, there's nothing on for the. There is a credit card. I do know that she has one, a company credit card, but uh, I don't see a ledger on that. Well, that needs, I mean, that needs to be reconciled on a monthly basis. You can't just, um, you know, you can't just spend willy-nilly on a credit card. You actually have to get that approved. Well, um, the previous treasurer, the previous treasurer was her uh, friend who's now immediately said, well, well, I haven't felt comfortable about writing checks for things I haven't seen the receipts on or the invoices and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just double signing checks. I mean, she pretty much turned around and stabbed her friend right in the back, right in the middle of the meeting. So, um, you know, I, I just I found that very interesting. Um, but the and a friend shouldn't have been countersigning checks anyway. Well, they've been they, she's been on the board since I can't remember. It's 2013 or 2015. She's been on the board for a long time as the treasurer. But if she was a friend of the executive director, she shouldn't have been countersigning the checks. No Listen. kidding. But, you know, little wink, wink, nod, nod is, you know, pretty common in small towns, unfortunately. But there again, it, it goes back to that. It all goes back to transparency. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I think I think this week, um, 
let's let's see what newspaper articles we can find on the Tennessee Williams all uh, alone. See if we can find anything. Yeah, I'm gonna that kind of just popped up, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'm gonna look. If you send me the stuff on the Mississippi DOM, I'll um, Department of Marketing. What what is uh, Department of? I don't know. What I can't remember about. what it stands for. I just remember it's it's on one of the uh, budget spreadsheets that it's a uh, like it's membership fee, several grand worth of membership fee. Not as much as the Mississippi Hills one, but um, yeah, it's a membership fee. And I can't find the existence of the um, actual um, organization. Well, so. send, if you'll send me that that little bit you did find, I'll go dig because I can go on the state site, and then we'll you know. Mm. We'll- We'll dig in and see what else is going on. I'm also curious about the re- relationship or lack of relationship between the Tennessee Williams Foundation and the Tennessee Williams Tribute Group. Or, I mean, the Tennessee, there's no Facebook page for the Tennessee Williams Welcome Center. It's just the CVB. There's, there's right. it, every if they're two separate entities. They, they don't have a, they don't have a separate web presence. Everything is is all run through the CVB, right? Which mm-hmm. begs even more questions. So I I think that's something else we can dig into this week and see what we can find. Totally. Okay. Well, that's another another day, another dollar. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add to this before we 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 close up today and. Looking forward to seeing what else we can find and maybe uh, it would be good to know in the future um, if the board ever did get access to the bank accounts. Yeah, that that that's a real good question. Did they ever get get online bank access Um, (laughs) and, and credit card? Yeah. What's going on with that credit card? The debit, the debit card, and the credit card, and the automatic drafts. Yep, transparency. Uh, well, you know, and one of the things is, is I want to know she has a membership to a local golf course because she's got the green tag on her car. It is the CVB paying for that? Are they paying for her monthly? Because uh, you have a monthly membership at a at a country club. It, even if it's yep. a social membership, you still have to pay your membership, which is probably like $250, $300. And then you have a food, you have a mandatory food bill. So even if you don't eat out there or, or use up your credits, you still have to pay that bill every month. Wow. Yeah. So it's not a cheap enterprise to belong to. You know, one of the things. Does is, that come under networking? On this, <laughs> That's on what I wonder. Well, there's a good yeah. question. Is it under networking? Well, you know, we had questions. Is that networking like networking uh, like a membership or is that networking like someone who manages the the network and the infrastructure of the of all the computers on in the building? It's not clear. Again, lack of transparency. <laughs> good question. Well, you know, I always laugh because I, I, every time I start this, I, I, I the the movie the or the play musical the the Music Man. I don't know if you remember, Professor Howard Hill comes into town and he supposedly he gets all the parents to order all, all these musical instruments because they're going to get the kids to learn how to play, um, learn how to play music in a band. And uh, he, right. he's a flim flam man. He leaves with all the money. There's no instruments. And so, you know, yeah. we live on the river. And so I always go trouble in River City. It reminds me of that song because it's there's so much flim flam going on. Yeah. Gee. Yeah. 
Well, thanks again. This was great. Um, it's nice to be able to be transparent in our own work so that people can see yep. how, how we do this and what we're looking for. And, you know, we're not always correct. That's but, true, possibly, yes. <laughs> but we dig and dig and dig until we can get to the truth. I mean, we do have to speculate some, but it's funny how much of our speculation has been spot on. Well, yes, exactly. And I'm and then, quite sure, though, again, um, if they were transparent in the first place, um, we wouldn't be making assumptions and making mistakes, possibly, and things like that. So, yeah, that's all we got to do is be transparent. And tell they're the transplant, truth. Just, just be transparent. It's just a case of we're just going to keep digging till we find the facts. It's It's all a matter of public record. Everything we have looked at has been a matter of public record. Yep. So... You know, keep shining the sunlight on on this mess because, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. I know I keep yep. saying that, but it's become my mantra. Well, thank you again. And uh, until our next meeting. All the best. All the best. Take care. See you. Bye.